This message was recorded at Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our goal is to faithfully preach the Word of God for the salvation of sinners, the strengthening of believers, and the glory of God. Please visit our website at www.fillmorebaptist.org and listen for more information at the conclusion of this message. If you would, turn to Matthew 22 and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come tonight again in the name of Jesus. Lord, looking to You and praying that uh, You enable us to look to You and hear from You. Speak to us, Lord, we pray. Open up Your Word to us. Grant understanding. Lord, um, our desire is to know You better, to walk closer, to have our faith increased. Lord, um, to enjoy the sweetness of Your presence. And as Paul said, the excellence of the knowledge of You. I ask that You enable me to deliver the message You want delivered here. and Again, pray that You open all of our ears to hear, that is to perceive what You are speaking to Your church in this hour. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me start again. As I mentioned a moment ago, by asking, are there any questions on what I said this morning? I know that's kind of a uh, uh, kind of a weighty topic, um, a lot to it, and more than can cover in, in whatever time I tried to cover it this morning. So, any any questions? I just wanted to give an opportunity in case something's burning in your mind. All right. Okay. Good. Everybody's got it, right? Everybody understands perfectly the general call and the particular call. And <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's let's do this. Let's go to uh, chapter twenty-two, and we'll pick up where we left off. Um. Verse 15. Chapter 22, Matthew 22, verse 15. Then the Pharisees went and plotted how they might entangle him in his talk. And they sent to him their disciple, they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the true way of God and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of men. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. 
When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. All right, let's stop there for now. Um, we're still in the same uh, context here. That is Jesus uh, being confronted by the, the religious leaders, um, Pharisees and scribes. And here, in particular, Matthew says the Pharisees uh, plotted against him, how they might entangle him. And they sent their disciples, in verse 16, with the Herodians, which is a... a uh, Party, political party, uh, in support of Herod, the Herod family, the Herod dynasty, um, and what they're trying to do, as as Matthew says in verse 15, is is trap Jesus. And this, of course, is what they they've been trying to do all along. Uh, and you may wonder sometimes why do these people show up where he is? And of course, now he's in Jerusalem, but uh, sometimes he's in other places teaching and preaching. Why do they come? to where he is, if they detest him. Well, uh, this was usually the case. They're, they're looking for uh, a, a way to trap him. They're looking to ensnare him, as Matthew says here, to entangle him in his talk. They want to trip him up so that they can bring an accusation against him and have some grounds for it, something that they can uh, uh, present as legitimate. They want to kill him. They want to put him to death. So they're, they're merely testing him, tempting him, trying to trip him up. And so they come to him with this question. Again, the, the disciples of the Pharisees and the Herodians. And they say in verse 16, Teacher, we know you are true and teach the way of God in truth. And so they're, they're coming as though they're asking a, a genuine question. We would say, you know, there's some schmoozing going on here, you know, and buttering him up. But we know you're true. And by the way, you go back and read John 3, uh, Nicodemus approached Jesus in a similar fashion, but with an altogether different motive. Teacher, we know you're sent from God. No man does these things unless God is with him. But Nicodemus was uh, apparently really looking for some answers about who Jesus was. Um, there was... There was uh, not just curiosity, but uh, you know there was there was some real uh, desire there to know uh, to know who Jesus was, who he claimed to be. But here, this is nothing but testing him, and so yeah, they're just they're just uh, putting on the schmooze. We know that you are true, and teach the way of God in truth. Nor do you care about anyone. And that again, it doesn't mean that they think. They're not saying we, we think you're incompassionate or anything like that. What they're saying is we know you don't. We know you're not a respecter of men's persons. We know you're not partial, um, let's say, to the rich as opposed to the poor or something of that nature. Influential people as opposed to the, those who are not. You judge fairly is what they're saying. We know we know that you are true. That you teach the way of God and truth. You do not care about anyone, for you do not regard. The person of men. Literally, that phrase is look upon uh, the face of men. We know that you do not look upon the face of men. Again, just a way of saying we acknowledge that you're, you're impartial in your dealings. You're fair. You're just. And so, we trust you is what they're saying. <laughs> not, not really what they're doing, but that's what they're saying. And so, we, we value your opinion. 
because you're fair and just and true and you teach the way of God, we, we want to know. Tell us now, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, the Jews at this particular time, as we all know, were under Roman rule. So, Caesar is the supreme ruler. And if you're a faithful citizen in this, in this, uh, this empire, then you, you, you pay taxes. I mean, you have to. It's mandated. But for the Jews, uh, this, this is more like oppression. I mean, they're, they're, they're under Roman rule. It's not, not willingly. In fact, there have been many attempts uh, to break free uh, in the, in the uh, period preceding uh, Jesus' ministry. So, here's the snare. If he says, yes, you know, we owe allegiance to Caesar, paying taxes is right and good, then they can come away with this kind of charge. Well, he's a traitor of the Jews. He's, he's a traitor against the Jews, like the tax collectors. The Jewish tax collectors were considered to be traitors because they were working for the Roman government. On the other hand, if he says no then uh, he's an insurrectionist. He's, a, he's, he's, a, he's committing a crime against Rome, against Caesar. He's in rebellion. And, and by the way, the, the, uh, uh, the Herodians here are, are loyalists to Caesar, so they, uh, they would love to stick him with, uh, with rebellion anyway. Um, they're kind of working with the Roman government in their oppression of the Jews. So, that's, that's the trap. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? No doubt many good uh, faithful Jews uh, probably refused to pay taxes or at least contemplated that because they, 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 they didn't want the oppression on their own country. And so, this was an issue. And by the way, it's an issue somewhat for us too. <laughs> is it good? Let me, let me just rephrase it just a little bit. Is it good to pay taxes? It's certainly lawful in our culture. What about as a as a Christian? Um, probably, um, probably you you are suspicious of what all the government does with your tax money and my tax money, and we could be tempted on moral grounds to say, you know what? I don't think it's lawful in God's eyes to pay taxes to my government. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Well, that, that question is answered, I think, here, but also in, in other places. Yes, it's good and right to pay taxes to the government. I was telling somebody just today that, uh, you know, when anytime there's a vote that comes up on taxes, I vote no. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even need to read it. If it's a tax, I just vote no. <laughs> that's, that's my policy. Well, that sounds like you say, well then, you're against paying taxes, aren't you? You don't like... No, I'm not against paying taxes. I, I do think there's a point where it, they exceed uh, a reasonable amount uh, and, uh, and, and it becomes oppressive. But, uh, but no, I'm not against paying taxes. I think taxes are, are, are necessary. I, I wouldn't even call it a necessary evil <laughs> like some do. Uh, it, it's right and it's good. 
And, and when, when the money's used properly, it serves a good purpose. When the money's not used properly, that's unfortunate, but um, we're still obligated to pay our taxes. We, we must pay our taxes. That's, that's part of being a uh, Christian witness in our society. So that means pay them and pay them all. You know, no, no cheating on the taxes if, if you want to be faithful Christian. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Well, let's take it back to the first century context here. Verse 18, Jesus perceived that he knew, is the word there, he knew their wickedness. Again, um, Jesus knows hearts. When, when, when Nicodemus comes to him inquiring, Jesus knows his heart and, and deals with him accordingly. When they come tempting Him, Jesus knows their heart and deals with them accordingly. He knows our heart uh, when we come to Him. Um, He's the heart knower. He perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test Me, you hypocrites? That's strong language, isn't it? The word hypocrite there means pretender. You pretenders. Again, these these are the religious and political leaders. Those who are, are, are placed there to serve their society, to serve in many ways and, and offer uh, protection. Those who stand, the, the Pharisees in this case, who stand as religious leaders, supposedly leading people in the way of God. And Jesus says, you're, you're pretenders. Your pretenders. Does that sound familiar? Remember I said we're in the same context here. Where would you find a pretender, maybe, in, uh, in the parable that we talked about this morning? Can you spot one there? Yeah, the guy without the wedding garment. I think that's who he's representing. He answers the invitation with a positive response. That is, he comes to the wedding feast. A picture of somebody there pretending to serve God. But he comes on his own terms. He rejects the provided garment. Shows up in his own. He's a pretender. Supposedly he's there at the feast in submission to the king, right? And in obedience to the king. But he's a pretender. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, you've got a picture there of... of those who reject Christ. These are the real, the real thing. Here they are standing face to face with Jesus. Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius. And he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? And they said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard these things, they marveled and left him and went their way. Now, here is another. This time it's not in the form of a parable. But here is another indictment against the religious leaders and all of the unbelieving Jews, really and specifically here the, the, the Pharisees and the Herodians. Here's another indictment. 
You, you want to raise the question about whether or not we should pay taxes to Caesar, render to Caesar what is Caesar's. You're not even rendering to God what is God's. You're, you're hypocrites. You, you, you want to entrap me with a question about loyalty to Caesar as though it's opposed to loyalty to God when you're not really interested in loyalty to God. You're just pretenders. So we, we yes, we have a we have a duty, we have an obligation to Caesar, or in our case, you know, to 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 the the, the government at, at every stage, federal government, state government, local government. Yes, we have an we have an obligation to be good citizens and and to pay our taxes, to render to Caesar what is Caesar's, to to uh, uh, to serve our country. Um, I, I couldn't help, you know, or I guess every time I read this, I can't help. But think about Gary Cooper. <coughs> um, some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, Ronnie nodding his head, and I knew he would. Um, Sergeant York. Anybody know who Sergeant York is, other other than Ronnie? You know, yeah, yeah. He was, he was a. <laughs> when you go to talking about old movies, like if you do a little quiz, you have to. I have to exclude Ronnie because he's walking an encyclopedia on those things. Um, <laughs> Not. I love. Uh, it's a great movie. Love that movie. I've made Leslie sit through it a couple times before. Um, <laughs> Gary Cooper playing Sergeant York, but it's it's based on a true story about a gentleman who uh, who tried to get out of serving in the military in World War One, um, based on the the conscientious. Conscientious objector clause, you know. I'm a Christian. I, I'm a pacifist. You know, basically claiming to be a pacifist. You know, I can't go over there and fight. And at least in the movie, when they sent him, I'm assuming this is how it played out. But when they sent him home to think about it, they actually gave him some time. We'll give you some leave uh, after boot camp. We we'll give you some leave, and you can go home and think about it. And if you persist, because um, after a period of time, they began to see that he really was a man of integrity and he wasn't just trying to get out of... Uh, he wasn't a coward. He was just he, he was a man of integrity. So, they, you know, take some time and think about it. And if you come back and you say you can't do it, we'll, we'll dismiss you. Well, <clears throat> the story goes that in his prayer and seeking the Lord, um, this was the passage that the Lord took him to. And... and gave him the understanding that he, he had an obligation to serve his country. R- render to Caesar what is Caesar. And that there's no contradiction there in service to the Lord. So, so he came to understand that he could go and, and serve his country in the military and do what was required of him in that role without compromising his relationship to the Lord. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar. And to the Lord was the Lord. So he he did that, and he came home uh, a, a war hero. By the time the war was over, uh, you know, s- saved several men and took several Germans captive. And this was the passage that he used, that the Lord used to bring him to that understanding. Well, I do want to make that point. There's another point I want to make here, though. But but I I do want to make that point. It it is true. There's no contradiction. We can do both. We in fact we should be. Model citizens. We ought, we ought to be the most loyal. We ought to be um, fervent in our prayers for our leaders. Barack Obama all the way down. 
to whoever. I was talking with the mayor this morning. He's uh, in Houghton, that is. Not, uh, uh, I guess Fillmore, that would be Brother Freddie, right? The mayor, probably. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but I was, you know, all the way down, we need to pray for our leaders. We're instructed to do that and serve in, in whatever capacity we, you know, we're, we're, we have opportunity to do, we're, that we're called to do. Be, be faithful there. Render unto Caesars. What is Caesar? And I think that's probably uh, Sergeant York's application of this passage. I think is probably legitimate application, and it, it makes sense. And, and you can do that honorably without compromising um, your service to the Lord. You can pay your taxes, even though we know, uh, or at least we have, we have, I think, substantial evidence to to, to, come, to come to the conclusion that a lot of that money is wasted or spent wrongly or in an immoral fashion. We're still obligated to pay, and I think we can do that without compromising our relationship with the Lord. In fact, I think it's necessary that we do that to be in obedience to the Lord. But the main thing I want us to see is this here. And, and I, think, I think this is Jesus' main point as well. And, and uh, again, another form of the, uh, the indictment He's bringing against them. Another reason He calls them hypocrites, pretenders. Now, let's go back for, for just a minute. They, they bring to him this question, do you, is it lawful? Do you think it's lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? And Je- Jesus ingeniously uh, responds, show me the tax money. That's, that's amazing, isn't it? I, I love the way he... You know, he deals with them. Show, show me the tax money. They always think they're going to outsmart him. And even they wind up walking away speechless because they cannot stand against his wisdom. Show me the tax money. And so they brought him a denarius. In verse 20, Jesus said, Whose image and inscription is this? Well, Thomas Jefferson or George Washington or whoever it is in our case, you know. Caesar, they said. That's Caesar. Whose image and likeness is this? And you can just see him, you know, with them standing around him and he's holding the coin. Who's on there? Who's imprinted on that? Well, they say... Caesar's, and they're probably thinking, what does that have to do with anything? Caesar's. And Jesus says in verse 21, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. That is, the things that are stamped with the image and likeness of Caesar. Yeah, by all means, render it to Caesar. Why? Because it belongs to him. That belongs to Caesar. It's his. Caesar's the supreme authority in Rome. In fact, I, I, they they instituted um, uh, worship of the emperors. Emperor worship. Uh, I think it was actually 
a little while after Jesus' time, but 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 they and they would actually say the phrase, you know, Caesar is Lord. And Christians were taken to their death for refusing to say that. You know, they were they were commanded to confess Caesar is Lord, and of course they would not do that, and so they were killed. Whose image and likeness is this? Caesar's. Then render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Now let me ask you something. How, how do we know, using Jesus' own demonstration, His, His method here of illustrating this to them, how do we know what belongs to Caesar in this in this? Story here. Yeah, it was stamped that coin, the denarius. How do we know it belongs to Caesar? Stamped with his image. How do we know what belongs to God? Stamped with his image. Now, what can you think of? that is stamped with the image of God. It's us. Do you see what Jesus is saying? You you hypocrites, He says. You you want to test Me? Put, Put Me to the test as though you are concerned with the glory of God? As though you're concerned with Rendering to God what is God's? You want to you play the part of religious leader? Pretend to be the spokes, spokesman for God and God's will, God's way, showing people how to do God's will and God's way? He says, you're, you're pretenders because you're not doing that. Yes, pay your taxes. Give to Caesar what is his. Give to Caesar what is stamped with his image. But also do this. Give to God what is stamped with his image. Now that's, that's an indictment against them for not doing that. That is, not surrendering themselves. We're made. In the image and likeness of God. God made man in His own image. In His own image and likeness. He's he's imprinted on us. And we've talked about it many times, I know, since the fall. I mean, we live in a Genesis 3 world. So, since the fall, the image is marred and hard to recognize sometimes, isn't it? You know? But it's not gone. It's there. God's mark of ownership remains on the human race. We're imprinted with His image and likeness. That's His mark of ownership. That, that coin, that denarius, that, that, didn't, that didn't belong to some um, kingdom in Africa didn't belong to some kingdom in North America or South America 
or Australia or somewhere, it was stamped and printed with the image and likeness of Caesar. It belonged to the Roman Empire. It's a mark of ownership. And we're stamped with a mark of ownership. Made in the image of God. Look with me for just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Two, two verses here I want to look at. Two passages here I want to look at. <clears throat> First, Corinthians chapter 3. Here, you, Paul is dealing with the, the Corinthians and uh, their manner of living and their... And their uh, uh, Manner of relating to one another—that is, their this what we would call dysfunctional relationships and their whole uh, life and conduct. Talking to them about good works here, uh, for example, verse uh, eleven, uh, verse twelve. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day. We'll declare it. That is the day of judgment he's referring to. Uh, your translation may have that word day capitalized. For the day, we'll declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? And again in chapter 6, verse 19. And by the way, that one, uh, chapter 3, what we just read there in chapter 3, verse 16, um, he's, he's speaking collectively. You, the church, the congregation, are the temple of God. And anybody who destroy the temple of God, God will destroy him. In chapter 6, he says virtually the same thing, except here I think he's really focusing in on um, individuals, the literal body. Do you not know, chapter 6, verse 19, and we'll look just prior to that real quick. Um, verse 18, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Now, I'll just read that to show you again that he's, he's talking about how we live, our conduct, our works. Verse 19, Or do you not know that your body, and he's talking about your physical body this time, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, I take you to those verses because 
Um, the same rationale here that Jesus was using there. That is, you're not your own. You belong to someone else. And you've got His mark of ownership on you. You bear on you, and I bear on me, the imprint of God. And so, we belong to Him. And, of course, Paul's argument is, in Corinthians is, you belong to Him, therefore, live that way. Why? Because your, your body and you collectively, as a body, you as a congregation, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He, he dwells in you. And even your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, verse 20, you are bought at a price, therefore, glorify God. And that's what Jesus is saying. Render, yes, render to Caesar what is Caesar's, but also render to God what is God. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. Render to God what is God's. Verse 22, Matthew 22, 22. When they heard these words, <laughs> they, they marveled. That's said so many times. I mean, they, they, were, they were less speechless. How, how you, I mean, he just, he just hit the target, the bullseye. He took the dagger right to the heart. And here's, here's the sad thing, the rest of it. Um, I mean, it would be nice, wouldn't it, if it, if it said, and, and hopefully this is the case with all of us, they, you know, they marvel, they marvel at His wisdom and fell on their face before Him and said, God, forgive us and teach us to glorify You. Not so with the Pharisees. It says they marveled, yes, and left Him and went there way. That's what He's been telling them all along not to do. That's what He's been dieting them for all along. Even out of their own mouths, though, though I know there's hypocrisy there, they weren't, I'm sure, sincere about it, but out of their own mouths, they said in verse 16, you are true and teach the way of God in truth. Well, they didn't know how right they were. He's true. He teaches the way of God in truth. Then go His way. Render to God what is God. Glorify Him. Submit to Him. But that's not what they did. They left Him. And went their own way. So, is it, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar? Absolutely. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the United States government? Yes. To the state of Louisiana? Yes. To whatever township or city you live in? Yes. To the parish? Yes. It's lawful. It's the right thing to do as a citizen. So do it. But, also, 
And more importantly, render to God what is God's. You're saying, you mean give Him 10% of my money? No, I mean give Him all of yourself. This is the first and great commandment Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love Him with everything within you. Give Him all of you. Why? Because you bear His mark of ownership. You belong to Him. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. Therefore, render to God what is God's and glorify Him in your body and in your spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word and for these uh, exhortations from, from Your mouth. Your very own Word given to us. Lord, um, as always, we, we ask that You make these truths effective in our own hearts and lives so that we, we don't do like the Pharisees that we read about here walk away from You and go our own way, but instead, may we surrender, submit, and follow You and go Your way. Work those things in us, we pray by Your power, according to Your grace, for Your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. This sermon is made available through the ministry of Fillmore Baptist Church in Princeton, Louisiana. Our desire is to faithfully proclaim the message of salvation which God has provided in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. For more resources and information, please visit our website at www. .org. You may use the links there to contact us or write us at Fillmore Baptist Church, 6304 Highway 80, Princeton, Louisiana, 71067.